Hi, Nancy. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Lauren. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for saying yes. I really, really appreciate it. Of course, you know, any opportunity that I get to talk about veganism, I when I can, you know, I say yes. All right. Um, I've heard so much about you and how you founded Manila Vegans, but I don't really know you and your vegan story, your yoga story. Do you want to tell us something about your story? Sure. So, you know, um, I became committed to yoga and veganism at around the same time. It's the same year, actually, although they are two different paths. So, you know, with yoga, I dabbled in it. Um, I think as early as uh, maybe 2002, 2003, dabbled because, you know, I would try a class here or there. But it didn't really resonate with me right away. Um, maybe the classes I took at that time, you know, they weren't really uh, the the classes that I resonated with. So it was on and off. Um, I tried, I, I think I remember trying hot yoga and then it was one class I never returned. <laughs> and then I took this course, an intro course, and it was all breathing. And at that time, it was not something I appreciated. So I also didn't go back. So it was part of like this back and forth. So it was only in 2009 that I signed up for yoga classes regularly. And at that time, I already liked it. So that was basically my intro to yoga. It was uh, after a major breakup that made me go back to yoga and made me stick to it. So, you know, I have to connect this with a vegan story now. So I'm going to put that aside. So I like yoga. I was practicing it. And same year, 2009, um, I went to the Sunday market in Legaspi. And then there was someone giving out vegan starter kits. Actually, it was vegetarian starter kits, what it was called. And I remember getting this kit, even though... I was thinking at that time, oh, I could never be vegetarian. But I read this kit, and there was this very article, this article there that struck me. It was about a cow who was going to be transported from the farm to the slaughterhouse. So the story was that you know this cow was kept in the truck for I think two days or so without any water. So this was the first time that I really thought of an animal as an individual. I thought of who they are. I thought of their experience. So, same day, I thought, okay, I feel bad for this cow, but you know, I, I don't want to change. So, my decision was not to do anything. So, I actually went to a fast food and I ate a piece of chicken. And when I was taking a bite of this chicken, I realized that I couldn't do it anymore. Felt wrong, so I decided then and there that I'm gonna try not vegan because I didn't even really know what vegan was yet. So I decided that the next day I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try not to consume any animal products or at least meat. That's what I knew. Uh, so within a span of one month, I was just trying it out, and I was also watching videos, reading books. So I immersed myself in that one month and that's when I understood 
how violent dairy products were and eggs as well and other things like leather um, also breathing so all animal use I was exposed to it uh, pretty much in the first month and then what made me vegan was actually I already knew that dairy eggs they were cruel but I still had them in my fridge so one time I was still working an office job someone gave me a cupcake and I thought oh you know not vegan I'm vegetarian so I think it's okay I'll eat this cupcake and the same thing happened so I was having a bite of this cupcake and then it's not the same anymore so it's similar to the the experience of me eating that piece of chicken so I went home that day I cleaned out my pantry for the second time and then that's it vegan so uh, the process took about a month so I had my vegan anniversary just this December so it's been 12 years now so that's my vegan story so when I became vegan I thought okay I wonder who else would be vegan because I didn't know anyone personally so I started to talk to the yoga teachers whose classes I talked but none of them were even even vegetarian I think the concept was not very linked as far as those classes that I took would go so there was no clear connection but I felt instinctively already that there must be something between veganism and yoga that connected so it's just a feeling that I had yes yes um did you want to say anything else or that's the end of your story so far well that's basically the story of how I became vegan and um how well, the yoga kasi. <laughs> Do you want me to Sorry, I was so immersed question? with your story. <laughs> I was so immersed and I was like, okay, is that it? <laughs> All right. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so um basically um when you ask your teachers cuz I also felt the same thing and I don't know if I messaged you or if if I messaged Lakapati and or Lynn, I, I I just remembered messaging someone and I said, um, it's so frustrating how no one from my big vegan teacher, I mean my yoga teachers were vegan. I I didn't mm-hmm. know anybody vegan from my yoga teachers. And so how did you feel about that not having not having that connection yet at that time? So at this point, my understanding of veganism was really from the animal rights angle. Uh, mm-hmm. So I was, you know, honestly disappointed that I couldn't find vegan yoga teachers at that time. But I also, I guess I also wasn't really expecting it because I didn't know the philosophy behind yoga at this point. But you know, I made mm-hmm. a quick Google search, and that's how Jiva Mukti came up. Because I typed in okay. those two words, vegan, yoga, and then Jiva Mukti came up. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. when Jiva Mukti came up, I got this awareness that, oh, there is this style of yoga where the teachers teach veganism, where the founders are vegans and vegans. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I had this awareness, and um, December of 2010, I went to New York just for a personal vacation and I was in the back of my mind that there was a Jiva Movie Center in New York. 
But because at this point, I was practicing yoga, I liked it, but I wasn't, you know, like, I didn't um, think of taking classes there. You know, I was not at the level of commitment that I would use my vacation time to practice yoga. So I didn't go. And then I thought that was that. But early 2011, a Jiva Mukti yoga teacher came to Manila. And it was the first time that I took her class. So it's Kat Alec Douglas. She's based in London. She's Pinay. Uh, and it was the first time that I experienced a yoga class wherein there was a Dharma talk. And in her Dharma talk, she talked about nonviolence and veganism. And I was honestly very moved. I, I was close to tears. Because I have never experienced this before. Uh, knowing a yoga teacher who would speak so unapologetically about what it means to be non-violent, to speak of why it's important for yogis to be vegan. So even before we did our first sun salutation, I already knew, you know, this felt like home. This is it for me. This is where I belong. (laughs) So I started to seek out these Jiva Mukti yoga teachers. So from time to time, there would be a teacher would visit. I would always take their classes. I'm kind of like a groupie. I would try to find out where they teach, what time. I would try to make uh, make it to these classes as much as I can. And and, this, mm-hmm. and when did you decide to finally take the teacher training? Um, I took my teacher training in 2012. So, yes. like, after a year? Yes. So, um, so, there was some period of time that I, you know, didn't think of teaching. Because I thought, I just wanted to take classes. I don't want to be the one teaching. I want to learn. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, um... Another Jeeva Mukti teacher, Jules Febre, he, he suggested it. Like, he, he said it out loud. Why don't you take the Jeeva Mukti yoga teacher training? And I didn't say anything, but what was running through my mind was, I just wanna I just wanna learn. It was not in my agenda to teach yoga. And at this point also I had a corporate job. So I wasn't really thinking of an alternative path yet, even though um even though for a long time I already knew in some way that the corporate ladder wasn't for me. <laughs> so there was actually a very pivotal point um, that made me think that maybe, possibly, I could teach yoga. It was during a Jiva Mukti yoga class, and then during Savasana, the teacher would typically, you know, in a Jeeva Mukti class, would typically go around and give you a little bit of a massage. So when she gave me a massage, it crossed my mind. You know, how good I felt then. This act of service. And that's when I thought, hey, this feeling that I am receiving, that I'm experiencing, I want to pass it on to others. And that's when I thought, hmm, maybe I could teach yoga. So I took the teacher training in 2012. Um, my corporate job was undergoing a restructuring. So basically, I was laid off. But it wasn't a surprise because this was something that was going on for about, about a year. 
so uh, our department the employees in our department we were just waiting basically so I was also waiting and I was already planning after this corporate job I'm gonna pursue teaching and see how it goes so that happened in 2012 and it turns out that I do really enjoy teaching I love teaching so that's how I became a yoga teacher teaching Jivamukhi which is basically vegan yoga I see is there any I'm just wondering right now Nancy is there any um, Jiva Mukti schools here where you can teach and learn yoga or did you have your yoga teacher training in a different country uh, I took my yoga teacher training in New York okay so, alright yes so Jiva Mukti teachers can only be certified through the Jiva Mukti teacher training program and um you know because of covid it has changed a lot but before covid they would have it about two to three times a year so mm, i, I see so it's not like upstate it's, new york okay it's not like other um yoga styles wherein you can have have it online or you already have different yoga schools here in the Philippines and I'm looking I was looking at it a few months ago and there's there's actually no Jiva Mukti schools here yet right if I'm not mistaken okay so you you can only be certified in very specific ways it's a okay yeah our program what my Jiva Mukti teachers. So at that time, I was very lucky. So it was Sharon Gannon and David Life, the co-founders of Jiva Mukti, who were teaching my teacher training. Um, wow. Now, now, uh-huh. now, you know, they, they have um, other senior teachers. So, of course, you know me, I, I appreciate that I'm able to get it straight from the source. Wow. Yes, yes, that's that's very lucky and the the timing was right for you. So you yeah. said earlier that um, it was during uh, Savasana and you were having a massage when you realized that um, you wanted to be a yoga teacher training. My question is, when it comes to veganism, when you started Manila Vegans, what was that point wherein okay, I want to start a group and I want to meet other vegans. When was that point wherein I want to make Manila vegans? I want to create a group because it's really a changing point to a lot of transitioning vegans. Like, it was my Bible, basically, when I was starting. Well, that's nice. So, um, at that time, there was no vegan group. There were vegetarian groups, but I didn't feel as though I was free to talk about animal rights. In fact, um, it almost seems frowned upon to talk about animal rights in, in some vegetarian groups that I was in. So I decided, you know, I put up this group because there's probably no other people who are vegan or interested in veganism. And we, we have to find a way for us to find each other and on a more you know like selfish level uh, my vegan friends <laughs> they were leaving Manila so I have to find other people so that's when I decided that I have to do something about it so 
I started this group while walking my dog at the park. So, I was, I had one hand on my phone typing like the group description, and then my other hand was uh was 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 on the leash of my dog. So it was something very spontaneous. I didn't think of it too much. I just thought, oh, let me do this. That was that. Wow! Wow! And imagine that spontaneous act really changed a lot of lives. Because seriously, if without Manila Vegans, like I wouldn't have met Belle, my vegan mentor. Um, I wouldn't have met other vegans. So I think we all owe you a thank you for that spontaneous act. Really. <laughs> I'm so happy to hear that because that's really, it's really what I had in my mind. I also need to find other vegans. And you know, it's it's easy enough to just put up this group in the beginning. You know, just type in a few words and it's there. Um, I I generally am uh, someone who makes decisions very quickly. Uh, you know, if I even my veganism, like on the same day, I decided, oh, okay, this is what makes sense. <laughs> so I'm glad I did not yeah. hesitate. Yeah. Yes, yes, that's true. Because um, it's really something that you need. Like with all of the vegans that I talk to, whether in the podcast or online or I've met through Good Food Sundays, it's really important to have a community, especially here in the Philippines when, I mean, now it's a little bit more mainstream and vegan um, is something that people already hear, plant-based and all that. Um it's becoming more mainstream it's becoming more heard and understood well that's my very positive self saying that <laughs> but um you know we also need a community wherein we can talk to and especially like most of our families are not vegan most of our friends are not yes. vegan so um we need that connection we need that like-minded um people to share our stories and to share like oh where do you want to eat or um what's what's the latest um vegan food that has opened so it's it's really good to have that community um did you also start the mentoring program because i also think it's amazing to have to have that like the first thing that you asked me i remember is do you want a vegan mentor and i'm like of course i want a vegan mentor is that something that just came out or um it was how suggested did you, how to did... me mm, okay yeah so um uh someone said that hey you know in in sydney there are these activists and they put up this mentorship program where it, 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 for them, actually, it's like a whole setup. Like they put out ads, get people to get to this uh, film showing of Earthlings, and when they finish watching Earthlings, um, they get people to sign up. So I basically took that same idea, and then it's very, it's very manual. You know, as you experience your stuff, it's not automated it's basically just me figuring out okay this person who wants to be vegan is motivated by this this is their concern and then i just match it with someone whom i feel would be helpful to this particular person it's very manual (laughs) and i also liked how you chose i think um 
one of the things that you would consider is where the person is located. So you would match them with someone who is from the same area. Am I right? As much as possible. There are yeah. instances where I couldn't match them. Let's say they're in a remote location. So in those situations, I might match them according to similar circumstances. But when it's, uh, okay. it's possible, I match them by location because, uh, you know, for the convenience aspect, the practical yes. aspect of, oh, where would you get this thing? Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. That's if true. If you're out with your family, where would you go? So it's more about yes. But I find that um, the other, I guess, more persona- personality-driven aspect of matching is mm-hmm. also important because you want to be with someone who's kind of like an equal, right? Like obviously, yes. if you're a student, it's helpful if you're talking to a, a student as well. It might not be so helpful if you're talking to, let's say, uh, a housewife because you have different lives, different concerns. Yeah, and I like how I was also matched with someone who is doing yoga because I was mm-hmm. matched with um, Belle and yes. um, she's doing yoga. She's also from Pasig City. So it's like such a perfect combination. And I think, <laughs> yeah, I, I just felt like my my beginning as a vegan was very, very smooth um, with a mentor. And it wasn't hard for me to also to let go of meat the moment that I, I watched um what the health um, it was suggested to me because I only knew one vegan person at that time and she was my high school she was my high school friend in Ipangae <laughs> and then I saw her on Instagram and then I, I just didn't know if I would approach her because mm-hmm. you know we didn't really have a very good history in high school but you know she that's why I was like okay when she became vegan she became really kind <laughs> So I was just like, <laughs> so I was just like, oh, okay. she was the only vegan na Filipino who I knew. So mm-hmm. when I found out about the community, um, I was really happy that there was such a thing, and I was matched with someone who is very, very similar with with location. And then I was also so much into yoga at that time already. I was mm-hmm. trying out different exercises because I I started with really for health reasons. But then if you watch what the health, you wouldn't just turn vegan because of health reasons. And I don't think. Um, I would have stayed vegan this long if it's just for health reasons. So, because I, um, I mean, I, I I actually was telling this to um, I think Lahapati because she she was sharing about how she had um, jerd and I had jerd also just recently. I am already vegan when I had it, but I had it mm-hmm. like the last time I had it was ten years ago. I was high school, and the thing okay. about um. The thing about it is, it's accumulative, and I'm just vegan for what more than more than two years, mag three years palang akong vegan. So the accumulative part of it is because most of my life I wasn't vegan. So now, you know, I can still feel whatever it is that I have had mm-hmm. before. So um, if if it's just that, and when I when I suddenly had attacks of jerd my whole family was telling me it's because i'm vegan and i was like well even if 
you're not vegan, there are a lot of non-vegans who still have hyperacidity. And if you just do the research, it's accumulative. So it's not what I'm eating now as a vegan, but it's what I have been eating prior. Um, and it's it also has something to do with your mental health. So there's a lot of check-ins that I did when I got sick and I realized if my foundation on why I want to stay vegan is not that strong, then I wouldn't be vegan anymore. If it's just for like losing weight, if it's just for, you know, um, just health reasons in general, I wouldn't be vegan now anymore. So um, it really helps to know your why. Um, And so... Yeah, basically what I was saying is I was really so much into yoga. I was trying to find out different exercises. Like, do I want to do weightlifting? Do I want to do hit and circuit and all that? But but what really gave me peace was yoga. So I really, I really felt like being a yogi helped me as a vegan. Mm. How about you? Like, um, did veganism help you as a yoga teacher or um, did you being a yoga teacher help you become a better vegan or is it something that goes together for you Uh, I'm very very fortunate because uh, the style of yoga that I teach does support veganism and um, I fell in love with yoga because of this particular style because of this approach, um, you know, like I mentioned earlier, I, I enjoyed yoga. You know, I like the poses. I felt like oh, after I practice yoga, I feel like my skin is glowing. I feel good, which are good things. But it stopped there. It was Jiva Mukti that gave it the depth. It was through Jiva Mukti that I, I learned about the philosophy, that I learned about the more spiritual aspects of yoga. So they went hand in hand because, you know, I'm sure that you experienced this too. As a vegan, you experience a lot of heartbreaks day to day, right? Yes. Uh, especially now, you know, Christmas time, you go out, it's very blatant mm-hmm. uh, the, the killing of animals you mm-hmm. see shocks of pigs being transported day-to-day life can feel very traumatic because you're reliving the pain that you know mm-hmm. you know it's not happening to you personally and it makes you feel helpless because you can't stop it so the pain that i experience being vegan you know i feel like it's a lot to take so yoga the meditative aspect of yoga the philosophy of yoga it helped me process it so you know like yes the idea behind meditation and yoga is that you know you're taking action you're doing something Mm -hmm. and even if you don't see the fruits of your action just yet you're you're Mm -hmm. planting seeds in a a funny way it's like it's like what you mentioned about health right it's not what you do now it's it's accumulating yeah yes Mm -hmm. so I think it's also like that the yoga practice uh, the meditative aspect of it or just being having this very um, experiential aspect 
of your emotions mm-hmm. it helps right because yes. a lot of us we when i say us like a lot of us in society like human beings in general we are very disconnected right mm-hmm. like when people say oh how are you you have an automatic answer you're not really in touch or yes. we push away hard feelings um, mm-hmm. we don't like we don't like feeling pain so we feel angry instead or we mm-hmm. don't want to admit that we feel ashamed so we attack others instead so those are all forms of disconnection and mm-hmm. yoga practices being very physical and spiritual at the same time can help us reconnect to what's happening in our emotions in our mind through uh, you know through something very physical so for me that's yes. that's how it helps me because i'm aware of my emotions i'm aware of what's going on i can pause and i can respond so yes you know it's still heartbreaking to see all of the cruelty to both non-humans and humans mm-hmm. uh, but but you know it's it's like having a tool that you can use so that you somehow manage and you live to fight your cause another day that's true i read somewhere that the way that you trained yourself is um how you respond to things and i think that's where yoga comes in the way that we respond to our daily lives and mm-hmm. that's how yoga helps me and how i regulate myself and i think that's the same thing for you as well and yes. to be able to find jiva mukti i think that's that's how that's how you you gathered everything together because for me that's how i felt when i started ashtanga it felt like i was gathering everything together um mm-hmm. and there's this thing as well where in me the beginning when my teacher is talking about ahimsa and nonviolence and all that and then i see her posts and she's eating meat for example i don't want to be mean but i don't want to attend the class anymore um so for you how how do you handle like are, are all your students vegan like how no. do you handle like how do you how do you I, I i don't know like me as a student like i don't know how i'm going to be as a teacher if ever i become a yoga teacher um but like i just want to know how you how you deal with that like for example you're so passionate with with veganism and i'm sure with with like i know with jiva mukti you're doing journals as well after class and and you just know that your student does not resonate with it because of her actions outside of the class how do you like how do you handle that you know um i think it's actually easier as a teacher with students not being vegan as opposed to a student and then your teacher is not vegan just because of the relationship yes. yeah yes. Mm-hmm. um as a teacher um i don't expect students to be vegan because number one you know of the population of vegans is just very small so realistically you know that most of your students are not vegan and another point is that if everyone's already vegan uh, i don't i don't need to teach jiva to be honest <laughs> right because jiva mukti also gave me 
kind of like the the medium mm-hmm. and and even my teachers Sharon Gannon and David Life the reason why they created this particular style of yoga is because they wanted to use this as a platform so mm-hmm. i know very well going into teaching jiva mukti that most of the students will not be vegan and it's a platform for me to communicate so it's an opportunity um it, it's very fulfilling to witness students becoming vegan of course i wish everyone would would follow this path um not everyone does because they don't feel connected yet and i'm just going to pass on what my teacher Sharon Gannon said you see the highest in people so even if they can't see it yet even if they don't see themselves as vegan even if they are acting completely you know opposite of what a vegan you know like if they are on the opposite end you still try the best you can to see them at their highest so that's how teaching jiva mukti yoga is like you know that people coming to your class they you know, they, they don't have this awareness about animal rights just yet. now the the other the other situation naman with me being a student I can completely relate to how you felt. Because now I really do make a conscious effort to learn from vegan teachers. So my main teachers are Sharon and David, but mm-hmm. I also like other, you know, very uh, well-respected senior teachers who are vegan, like Dharma Mitra is also vegan. Sean Korn is also vegan. And if you look at these teachers, what they have in common is that, you know, they're very good at what they do in terms of yoga, asana, poses. But they don't, you know, they don't sell out the philosophy. They don't sell out the activism part of it. They don't try to minimize it. They don't try to make it more, quote-unquote, palatable. They just, yeah. as it is. So those are the teachers there. So um, I'm sure there are also many, many amazing yoga teachers who impart knowledge about yoga in other ways. But for me, I just feel that I resonate more with vegan yoga teachers because it's the social justice slash non-violence part of yoga that I want to that I want to impart there. So that's basically it. I, I look for vegan yoga teachers. I look for teachers for activists. Wow. Okay. <laughs> How do I find that <laughs> sangha here in the Philippines? <laughs> I try. I try. But there are vegan. There are vegan ashtanga teachers. There are very few of them. Um, and like the ones that I know are not. So I try to I try to like look further and like maybe I'm not yet I, I haven't found the teachers yet, but most of my Ashtanga teachers are not vegan. So I I I know um some international teachers who are and um they really say that they're vegan for the animals so I try to attend their class even if it's like Canada time but you know 
Um, I just really, <laughs> I just really hope that I get to find a Filipino, a stronger teacher who is vegan. Because every time that I would, of course, I would connect to them through Instagram, and like I just had a class with them, and they would they were talking about ahimsa and nonviolence, and then they would be posting like lechon for Christmas and all that. It's just, I don't know. I just don't feel the connection, and I know that. Um, I know that yoga, especially with Ashtanga, they say because Ashtanga is very teacher, teacher centered. Mm-hmm. Um, so the more progressive um, students and the more progressive teachers of Ashtanga are saying that the stu- there is a teacher in every student. So you know, I try to like say that to myself that okay, um, it's not all about the teacher, but at the same time you you do learn a lot from your teachers so yes yeah I, I'll, I'll, I'll look further hopefully I get to find one um, just a little bit before we end um, you said earlier that um, you make Jiva Mukti your platform for awareness for your students um, what are some of the advice that you give them that me and the listeners can can really um, like it could be a light for us you know and it could be something that we can hold on to especially those who are practicing yoga um, and you know not, not all of my listeners are also vegan well I, I feel like most are but you know mm-hmm. if somebody comes across my podcast and they are not vegan what is something that you would give as an advice like something that you also give to your students you know the thing about practicing yoga is that over time you learn to be courageous right and you experience this on a very physical level you try these new things and you know that it might not turn out well you know you you practice this inversion you may fall flat on your face you practice this arm balance it might not happen but you have the courage to try and um, you, you start to have this mindset that you're open. And veganism is really just that, you know, to veganism is an invitation for you to be courageous, to be open, because most people are not raised vegan, not because we are cruel, not because we wanted to harm animals necessarily, but because we were sold a narrative that animals are just things that we can use them, that we can kill them. So, you know, it's not our fault that we were raised this way because this is like the, the norm. It's like a, you know, like, it's like fish in water, right? How can you explain the concept of, of water to a fish? So, speciesism, non-veganism is like that. So, it does require courage to explore, to understand that, hey, this narrative that has been fed to me by society, even my family, you know, people who love me, it may not be the narrative that is consistent with my own values if I really examine my values, right? So, with yoga, we always talk about ahimsa, non-harming, we talk about um, you know, we, we chant Shanti, 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 peace, peace, peace. There are mantras, Loka, Samasta, Sukhiva Bhavan too. May all beings everywhere be happy and free. So these are things that hopefully we don't just say, 
but things that we explore. So it's that mm-hmm. courage, exactly, to yeah, to explore what mm-hmm. are these things that we're chanting, you know, and how does mm-hmm. it relate to my everyday life? So, mm-hmm. you know, we 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 know that we can't just say, oh, go vegan, <laughs> and then the person would go vegan. It's not that easy. If it were that easy, then we don't have, you know, we don't have to have this podcast episode even. If it were that easy. Um, I think people really do resonate with the values of veganism. It's just that the disconnection happens because of our exposure, because of this ingrained discrimination. So, Mm -hmm. when when I teach also, because in Shiva Mukti, we have a focus of the month. And Mm -hmm. as a teacher, you can be creative in the way that you present the focus of the month. You can give a talk, you can read a poem, you can use uh, like a recording of something you heard. You can be creative. Mm -hmm. So before COVID, I was able to use this channel a lot. And and it's also pretty fun, actually. So I want to share, let's say, one class by talk. I didn't talk about veganism until the end. Are you familiar with the short story, The Lottery? No, I haven't heard of it. Okay, so this short story is about uh, a small town. And then they have a yearly tradition. Wherein there's a lottery and whoever, uh, quote-unquote, wins the lottery will be stoned to death. So this happens every year, and their justification is that because they have this tradition, everything in their town is peaceful. They're okay, except for this one thing. So they kept this tradition year after year after year. So in one of my Jeevo Mofi class, I shared this story in the beginning of the class. And then when we were doing the process, when we were starting to wind down, I started to ask these questions. In the story, it's very obvious that it's violent that we are inflicting harm on someone who who is innocent, who does not deserve to be harmed. Now, can we look at other ways in which we are causing harm because of tradition, things that we accepted just because it's considered the norm? So, these are you know like some of the tactics that I use sometimes in my process, so I can get the point across. It's not necessarily talking about veganism right away but talking about disconnection talking about compassion talking about justice and appealing to the values that we already have so uh, for anyone who's listening who feels like oh you know I cannot get my message across then maybe you know we can try this tactic of starting with bigger concepts the concept of compassion concept of doing the right thing the concept of um of equality for example and then when you get to you know when you get the person that you're talking to to buy in that they have this shared value then you can present the idea of veganism but it's not so far from what they already believe in i think that's a really good um it's a really good way to do a class because like me for example I'm a first grade teacher and for example we don't we don't just teach for example verbs 
you don't just go straight to what verbs are. Like we usually like start with a story that has a lot of actions, and then mm-hmm. you go to an activity like a more physical activity because it's verbs and it's an action words, for example. So um, before you get straight to the point, you have like a mini lesson, like what you like what you did, like you basically didn't go straight to okay go vegan you had other things that you can go to the point without literally going there so i get yes. what you mean i think that is a very that is a very good technique or a very good strategy to do things in a, in a yoga class i really like that it's also similar to what, what do you call what do they call this? The Socratic method, right? Mm-hmm, Where you mm-hmm. ask questions so that you're not you're not telling this person yes, yes. what you want them to do. You're asking questions so that they can draw conclusions from their own process of investigation. Yeah. Like they realize it themselves. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, it's also uh, you know, people are also very resistant to being mm-hmm. told what to do so they yes. have to feel that this is something that they decided yes yes that's true that's good that's a good way to do it all right so um thank you so much you know when when i'm talking to you like the the previous episode i had len and i had Bakapati. and to be honest like i feel sometimes that Am I being passionate about being vegan for the animals too much? You know what I mean? Like, is it sometimes I feel very overwhelmed and I don't know where to place it. And sometimes when I talk to the wrong people and they just disregard my my passion and my feelings and my emotions, like with what you said was the norm, um, and they just don't really understand it. Sometimes I feel like where are all of my passion going um but when i talk to you guys and to all vegans in general it feels like there is some there is somewhere that it's going and um even if i don't see the seeds that i'm planting in this lifetime like what you said earlier i know that it's it's gonna grow in someone's heart and even if it's just one person i'm gonna be happy about it the way that i feel you have really with everything that you have said today and with what i have been reading because we're friends on facebook and i've i've seen your posts in manila vegans as well and everything that you're doing i think you've planted a lot of seeds in people's hearts nancy so thank you very much and I just want you to know that like all of the because I also want to hear it sometimes like all of the passion that you have it's not wasted it's not going nowhere it's going somewhere and you've touched a lot of people's lives and a lot of vegans really appreciate you and Manila vegans and I'm really really thankful that you said yes to this episode thank you so much I've learned a lot and I really know that those who will listen um, definitely will be learning with me. So thank you, Nancy. Um, before I let you go, where can we find you um, as, as a yoga teacher, as a vegan? Where can we reach you? Actually, is it okay if I add a few more things? 
Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> so, you mentioned passion, and I do want to thank you for for this this passion that you have. This is what we need. We can't be complacent. We can't just sit around and say, "Oh, you know, uh, things will be what they are." Hands off. We we need this fire. The anger that you feel, the frustration that you feel, and yes, even the helplessness that you feel. It's like a fuel. We have to learn how to use it. If we mm-hmm. don't have this passion, anger, frustration, we would sit back and think that everything is okay, and it's not yes. fair to the animals. Yeah. In this very second, so many animals are suffering in so many ways, not just in pets, everywhere. So we need this passion collectively. And um. You know what I also learned? My veganism because I also evolved. I started out thinking, uh, okay, veganism is something personal. I have to change one person at a time. I have to influence one person at a time. Plant seed one at a time. But I'm also learning that we have to look at the systems that make it difficult for people to be vegan. We also have to look at the systems that are pro-oppression. And we have to dismantle those as well for veganism to thrive. So what I'm saying is, veganism cannot only be personal. It also has to be political. It also has to look at, you know, our economic system. It also mm-hmm. has to look at the other injustices, like farmers, yes, laborers. We also have to look at all of these factors. Otherwise, we would be. You know, we would be working so hard, we would be exhausted physically, emotionally, and the progress would be slow. So we have mm-hmm. to look at the systems and understand that for veganism to to grow, it's not just having more vegan options. It means that we mm. look at the systems that are oppressing, and then we address those systems so that it's easier. For people to be vegan, it's easier for speciesism to actually be seen. Because let's say um, one clear example. Very often people say, "Oh, is it expensive to be vegan?" Of course, yes. You know, uh, uh, there, there's kind of like a range, right? You can go mm-hmm. to the palenque, and it's it's cheap. It's true. Yes. But we are when we say things like that, it's very simplistic as well because we are not considering, let's say, the minimum wage worker, let's say, the construction worker, um, uh, the guard, security guard. We are not considering that even if they can afford to go to the palenque, what about the time? Do they have the time? So it's things like that. We have mm. to look at the ways that veganism is made difficult. And another example is also, you know, we're seeing that there are so many mainstream vegan products, right? By fast food chains, mm. by popular brands. And when you look at the statistics, the number of animals being killed is increasing. And it's yes. very disheartening. So when I first heard this, I resisted it. Like, I didn't want to believe this. But I realize also that I have to accept the reality so I can change my perspective. 
the reason why the number of animals being killed is still increasing is because of government subsidies. So even mm. if even if the consumption of animals is lower because the government still pays the dairy industry, meat industry, they can still continue killing the animals even if they have to dump the milk. Even mm. if no one buys the milk. So we yes. also have to look at those things. So I, I just felt that it was important to put that in. That it's yes. great that we are thinking of veganism as a personal choice that we want to influence people around us, our friends, our our uh, community. But we, again, you know, we have to be courageous. Look at the big mm. picture and create a bigger impact by by looking at these systems that's not working for the animals. So that's it. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for. Um, I really also like talking to vegans to educate. Like sometimes people, like also vegans as well, they feel um, offended or they feel overwhelmed when they talk to another vegan who educates. But for me, I really like it because I want to learn more. So I also heard um, that vegan is political from another vegan. And I actually researched about it. And, I, and I'm like, yes, it makes sense. And at first, uh, also when... Um, a lot of fast food chains. Um, not gonna mention what they what the food chains are anymore. But um, I was happy that they have like vegan options. But then somebody told me that it's it's not contributing to anything. It's not it's not really helping. Um, it's not it's not stopping the killing of animals because they just have one product, and yeah, it's basically yeah. it's basically just to have more money because they know that oh it's gonna cater to a particular particular set of people but then they are still selling animal products so it's not helping anything it's not it's not doing anything yeah I also sorry you were saying here I also wanted to make it clear that I'm not blaming vegans you know who, mm. who decide that oh okay uh, I'm at the mall I'll buy this vegan option from this fast food I'm not blaming this individual vegan but what I'm saying is that these vegan options that we see they are not a true indicator of yes progress for animals we have mm. to look beyond that. And mm. I even read, you know, like this perspective that the reason why they have vegan options is when, it's because when they have the vegan segment, let's say, you know, you're going to eat out with your vegan, with your non-vegan friends, because this place has a vegan option, then you will go there. So one yeah. vegan buys the vegan option and then everyone else still eats the, still consumes the, the animal, the animal yes. Yes, yes. yes. It's actually like um, helping with their sales to get the vegan. Exactly. Mm. That's true. That's why I, I, I like, I also, I'm not going to deny that I would also buy from them when my, for example, I don't want to say the name, but there's this burger chain that my family really likes and they have a plant-based burger so I would get of course I would get the the plant-based one taking off the mayonnaise and all that so and I was thinking about it and it's like but they are just making sales they're just literally making money they're not they're not 
vegans at all. So, yeah, so for me, I would I would rather buy from a legit vegan, you know, small business than add to the sales of big companies. Yes. And you know, I appreciate that we're having this exchange because sometimes what happens is when I bring this up or when other vegans bring this up, parang we're being labeled as, oh, you're purist, you're negative. But what I'm saying is, if you're choosing to buy this vegan option from this uh, fast food, obviously you're still vegan. You're not less of a vegan. But it's important that we have this conversation so we understand what's really yes. going on. Yes, yes. That's true. Even when I say, for example, that um, I don't want to buy like this particular fries because it's cooked in the oil um, of mm-hmm. meat, for example. Um, there... I would hear comments like, oh, you're being OA. You're being OA. Mm-hmm. But then, I don't know. I just I just feel like I would like to learn more and I would like to understand more. Um, but it just, didn't, it just doesn't feel right for me. So, and I know if it doesn't feel right for me, I'm not going to do it. So, yeah. Yeah, but I'm not yeah. going to lie. I would, I would buy it because it's comfortable. And I think that's what makes them shiny right now because it's really comfortable for for those vegans who like me who have a family who is not vegan it's really so easy and it's so comfortable but there are moments we're in it just doesn't feel right you know and it I, makes it easy I, but yeah. you know it, it it doesn't really doesn't make me feel happy very much <laughs> unlike when I, I eat I, yeah. know, when I eat a burger from like this small vegan um let's say break ph for example when i eat their burger and the the egg and all that it just it makes me feel really good because i know that the owner is vegan it's a vegan it's a vegan place so it makes me feel better than eating burger from from a fast food chain yes and i also acknowledge that the growing number of vegan options they help in some way in terms of making things more accessible and even cheaper because they do have the reach that uh, small businesses don't. So that's the reality. So I guess my point really is we should have these conversations. We should not be afraid to disagree. We should not be afraid to, you know, uh, critique each other's choices because that's how we grow. Because my, my perspective about mm. these they, these yes. options and fast food chains, they also changed it. Before, mm-hmm. I was there in the super pro, you know? And you know why? Because at that time, I really could not imagine a different version of, of, of a world. I just thought, you know, the, the world is just going to be ruled by corporations. So that's how I saw it. But now, mm. you know, I, I see things in a different way. Like, even if these corporations start to offer 50% vegan options and there are many or even they become you know 100% vegan as long as they're operating under this premise that profit is more important than anything else someone is going to be oppressed whether it's human or not human yes yes that's true that's true yeah 
So I thought, you know, uh, it's just important to mm. get this topic in, but it's political, <laughs> veganism. Yes. If we, we really want to fight for animal rights, it's total liberation. It's not a single issue. And when when I decided to have this um, topic for my podcast, I really wanted to. I didn't wanna. I mean, I didn't wanna hear safe answers, but I also wanna. There's a part of me that's like, okay, I wanna hear kind answers, but I also wanna hear the not the real thing. I I, I don't know how to term it, but more 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 of like, I wanna be educated and I wanna hear these things. So. Um, I knew that you were the right one and the and the people who I chose I knew will give me both sides of it. Um so yeah, thank you so much for that. Thank you. I really I really thank appreciate you. it. You know, cuz I also I I also want to hear these these things. I want to hear that side of of mm-hmm. the of the vegan community because we're all like right now I feel like all that I'm hearing is we need to be more kind. That's all that I'm hearing right now, um, mm-hmm. and I just feel like. So, um, what's the other side? What's the other side to that? So, yeah, I really don't I, look up. I haven't. Should I? <laughs> Maybe I. Yes. And then okay. after you finish watching it, um, message me because there's a scene there that I want to respond. You know, I feel like one scene there. I should tell you, or it's a spoiler. Let me think. <laughs> Maybe I'll okay, watch I it I first and you. then I'll message uh, okay. you. Okay. Okay. Or yeah. wait, is it is it gonna is it gonna help me um learn more and help the listeners learn more if you say it? Because if if it will, I don't mind the spoiler. I don't think it's so much of a spoiler. So okay, go it. ahead. All right, okay. go ahead. So, um, there's a scene because where the scientists who discovered this this comet that's gonna hit the earth they're gonna go on this TV show and then this TV show is like very light very fun and then they're saying oh you know you you can't phrase it like that it's so negative you you know we have to be positive here and the scientists they're saying but not everything is positive we have to wake up we have to do something about it we have to face reality and I wanted to share this because I feel it's relevant. You know, the message of animal rights, total liberation. These are very hard topics. They are not meant to be easy to digest. It is. It is hard. I actually, like, like I invited some vegans and they didn't respond. <laughs> actually, a lot did not respond to me. I I think it's because because when I sent the message, um, I I really was like what they sent you. Like I was very straightforward that it's gonna be about um veganism for the animals because I feel like mm-hmm. I feel like like what I told you earlier. I feel like it was not not recorded, but I just felt like it's such a topic that's not being talked about, and mm-hmm. I want to learn from people. Um, and sometimes, even if I watch and I watch, I also want to hear the experiences of actual people. But um, it's becoming a topic that's just like, no, let's be a little bit more kind. That's that's all I'm hearing. Like, let's be let's be kind. That's not that's not have arguments about being vegan for the animals because 
um, there's more side to veganism and I, I heard um, answers as like I'm just vegan for health or I'm just vegan for the environment so you know I, I had a lot of no's for this topic so yeah I just I just felt like I wanted to hear unsafe answers and answers that would actually that I would I would want to hear you know you know, veganism, animal rights is a social justice movement. It's meant mm-hmm. to be radical. Mm-hmm. It's meant to be like all out. We we are not, we are not like sitting in a corner. I I don't want us to sit in a corner. We have to be out there fighting mm-hmm. for the animals because it is a fight. And if we don't fight for the animals, they lose. It's easy okay. for us to be comfortable, but. What is the price of that? Okay. I, and I also think we're exposed to very different vegans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get, I, I get many things from, from, from different people, and I think like right now I'm on my, like I started 2019, so I'm still fairly new to veganism, and I feel like right now I'm, I'm, I'm like a sponge that I really get different different things and I learn from different people um, but I would also I, I always say this like not just in veganism but in life in general in our careers there should be there should be progress like you can't just be a yes. beginner your whole life so I feel like right now I want to understand more because first and foremost like I knew from the very start of my journey yes I wanted to be more healthy I wanted to lose weight but I knew at the beginning that I was vegan for the animals because of the documentaries mm-hmm. that I'm watching. So I just want to learn yeah. more about it and I don't want to avoid it anymore just yeah. because it's not comfortable, just because there's a lot of... I don't know. I, I don't... I don't like everything you told me now I don't think it's mean I think it's very educational <laughs> so yeah it's not unkind at all so I think it just depends on it just depends on the delivery as well and the way we really you have to watch Don't Look Up and then we have to talk about it okay <laughs> alright we should um, but for now I know that you have a class soon and I don't want to take so much of your time anymore but thank you so much thank you so much for being here and for educating me and the listeners um is there anywhere that we can reach you um to those who are not friends with you in facebook or in instagram and you as a yoga teacher where can we find you yes so uh my my vegan uh, what is this presence is mainly in manila vegans group so for people who are curious about veganism or people who already you know maybe they already started a plant-based diet for other reasons and you want to explore what veganism is please join the group manila vegans on facebook Uh, this is uh, part warning part clarification we do talk about politics we do talk about other intersecting issues because like I mentioned earlier, you know, when we are pushing for animal rights as a social justice issue, we cannot ignore other forms of oppression. Now, as for me teaching yoga... Sorry, Nancy, uh, sorry to cut you. But I just want to ask this, and I'm sorry if it's so direct, but I've, I've really talked to a lot of new vegans saying that 
in Manila in Manila vegans um there's a lot of fights mm-hmm. and um it's it's something that's like a little bit discouraging what can you say about that you know we try to find a balance of mm-hmm. course we don't want it to be abusive so if we okay. see something abusive we will moderate we will delete those comments we will um we will remove or block people who are very disruptive and abusive when necessary mm. but we are not you know we are not um <laughs> what am i trying to say we are not going to pretend that disagreements mm-hmm. do not come up and i even feel that disagreements are part of how we grow Because mm-hmm. if we are surrounded only by people whom we agree with all the time, how do we learn, you know, about yes. other issues? This is how we became vegan, right? Imagine if mm. we were surrounded only by people who told us that it's okay to eat animals. There would be no development. Uh, <laughs> yes, so yes. So the disagreement, it's there. Uh, we allow disagreements as long as they are not personal attacks. Mm-hmm. But we are consistently anti-oppressive, which means that if someone is pushing their oppressive view, we cannot tolerate mm. that. Yes, and I also think that there are different reasons why people go to Manila Vegans, which I would always answer. So every time people ask me that, like it just feels like because I would suggest um join Manila Vegans for you to find out um like for example if you want to buy this or that, and then they would say that there's just a lot of um fights. So um I would. I would say like well if you don't want to hear those fights first of all you can mute the group <laughs> and then second um <laughs> I mean just to make it so simple like if you don't want to if you don't want to be a part of it you can mute it um if you don't want to read it then just just keep scrolling um and if your main purpose is to just find out the food or to just know where to order then I think it's also very organized now like you know where to find the food so just go to the food if you don't wanna if you don't wanna read the fight I think like right now we need to be very we need to be very simplified um there's just a lot of things that we just I mean we're we're, we're already dealing with a lot of things as vegan I think if we don't want to if we don't want to see certain things or if we don't want to read certain things then don't and when you're ready to read them just go back to them because i honestly me there was also a time where i muted the group because it felt like i didn't understand but right now i would sometimes look for the topic that i would use to read that i didn't understand just because i want to learn from it now i want to understand it now so i think it is it am i am i right with this thinking that it's it depends on like your readiness like how long you are as a vegan before you get ready because that's what i'm experiencing i feel like it depends on how ready you are depends on how long you are as a vegan already i don't think it's true for everyone and you know mm-hmm. you made an excellent point like maybe someone who just wants to stop eating animals if it's really for animals you know they really have compassion for animals they're heartbroken mm-hmm. 
animals are being killed and then they go into the group and then they see people fighting over politics they get turned off i do understand mm. that i also mm-hmm. understand that the group will not be a place that will please everyone mm-hmm. you know the flip side of this because you're you're telling me that you see people getting turned off but i also want to share the positive side you know yeah. there are people who are messaging me they're saying you know they're activists human rights activists and they used to think of veganism as a trivial thing na ay mga maaarte lang yan they just want to change their diet but when mm-hmm. they saw that veganism animal rights is you know these topics are really about anti-oppression that's when they got it it's not so different from the process that they're fighting Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, like, so when I would receive feedback, like, I realized, hey, you know, it's true. We're not gonna please everyone, mm. but the ones who are, like you said, ready to hear the message, and the ones who already have the orientation. Yes. When it comes to social justice, they resonate with it. Mm-hmm. So, let's go. They know. It's like okay, veganism. It's not a diet. They understand. Mm-hmm. Animals oppress people too, and we are fighting for them. Yes, yes. Thank you, thank you for answering that. It's. I know it's not. It's not part of the questions that we talked about. But I just really wanted to ask you, since you're you're one of the founders, or if not, you're the main person behind Manila Vegans. I just wanted to like get it out there and I want to hear what's your side to it so thank you thank you for answering that so continuing to where we can find you now as a vegan as a yoga teacher yes so I have a website it's manilajiva.com so uh, for people who are interested in private classes they can book private classes there I teach public classes I mean group classes via an app called Insight Timer So um, I'm taking a break now because of the, the holidays, but I'm gonna resume teaching in January. So these classes are donation based, and I teach not just the yoga poses, but I also include yoga philosophy. I include Dharma talk, some meditation as well. So it's a it's a full on Jiva class. So uh, that's where you find me. All right. Thank you so much, Nancy. Thank you very much for being here and for sharing space. And I will definitely message you after watching. Don't look up. And yes, I will be. Yes. I will be sharing whatever I've learned from you with that message. And yes. Mm-hmm. So thank you for all, all the education that you've given me and all of the listeners because it's something that we should do as vegans to educate ourselves and you know to meet people who we are ready to hear from so thank you so much nancy and i really hope to see you soon again i always ask this but do you know if good food sundays is coming back soon (laughs) i always ask this to everybody (laughs) i've heard that they will reopen in january i just don't know which which date all right thank you that's a good good news i really hope to see you again soon and i don't know if if you've seen me but i think i saw you in um wabi sabi one time you were with the group 
I think I saw you, but you know, I wasn't sure. Maybe you wanna you wanted to be left alone. Oh, okay. No, I I think I saw you, but I was also like, okay, um, she's in a group. I'm shy to say hi, but I was kind of certain it was you. But you were also looking the other way, so I like I knew you had long hair and all that. But so nice to see you, and I hope to see you again. Yeah, see you again soon. All right. Thank you so much, Lindsay. What? Thank you. And we should say hi to each other next time. That When we see each other. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I shouldn't. I shouldn't be shy, and I will just go straight up and say hi to you. <laughs> Because I also wasn't sure. It's like, oh, like uh, maybe you're like you're you want your alone time. Oh yeah, because I was alone. Because I was just like. I was supposed to. I'm. I'm supposed to meet up with friends um, for lunch, but then they were going to this place wherein I couldn't eat anything, and they were. It's oh, like I just. I was also. There. Was, I was craving for wabi sabi as well, and um, the the dessert, the ikigai. So um, I went there, and I was meeting friends all the way in Mega Mall. So I was oh, like, okay. it's a little bit far away, but it was worth it. So. Yeah, I was all by myself, and you were with the group. But yeah, next time I will be coming up to say hi. Yes, I'll do the all same. Right. Thank you, thank you so much, Nancy. Bye. Bye.